The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Friday morning edition. Of course, we are coming to you just a few hours after the TNF game has finished. And it was, well, it was a game at halftime and then had a complete blowout because Marcus Mariota threw four interceptions, was sacked five times. One of the sacks was him going backwards for about 20 yards because I don't know why he doesn't understand the point of Go forward into the pocket, not keep backpedaling. But he's still young. At some point, he'll get it. You hope, anyway. Uh, so I am your host, Sean Garmer, here with me. Uh, Gary Vaughn is here for this one. He just didn't get to watch the game, so it'll be Eric and I for this portion. Gary will come back uh, during the uh, preview section. Eric, this one was... Uh, that... Uh, Thursday Night Magic didn't work for too long. Yeah, everybody was talking about the great quarterback matchups and the standalone games versus what we're going to get in what I call the red zone window. But lest we forget, anytime a game ends 10-7 in the first quarter, you think this is going to be a shootout, but it always turns into a blowout. It was true way back in Super Bowl twenty two, and it holds true again tonight. Yeah, well, he's not joking about that at all, and it just it kind of spiraled for the it, look. It the the first turnover led to the first touchdown for the for Pittsburgh, and it was you know the Titans were able to recover after that, but you can't throw four interceptions. And no, he's, he's blaming himself, saying he has a very sour taste uh, in his mouth. Delaney Walker went and defended him later, saying that uh, he can't put everything on him. And while that's true, uh, Delaney Walker uh, did drop a touchdown pass that I'm sure he wishes uh, he could get back as well. But just... Actually, because he was kind of open on that play, and he had it he in his hand. He was wide open, absolutely <laughs> wide open, and just dropped it. Yeah. Uh, it, oh. cost me, 
you know, beside the point that he cost me a bunch of fantasy points there. But <laughs> same thing with that Le- Le'Veon Bell touchdown that got called back, and then freaking a total that helps no one. Jesse James getting the touchdown instead. Just you, to... you never know. Some people might have had Jesse James on their team. Yeah, I'm sure there are some people that did, but did they start him? Uh, that's another uh, issue uh, entirely. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at the stats, the yards were pretty similar. Uh, the time of possession is strikingly similar, even though it feels like the Steelers had the ball uh, a lot more. It's when you look at that turnover margin, 4-0, to zero, that tells you the whole story. Antonio Brown... Had one heck of a game, 144 yards and three touchdowns. If you're playing against him today, sack it up because you're probably losing, folks. Yeah, and and throwing in an epic celebration with the monkey in the middle to boot, yeah, it was not Tennessee's day. Steelers uh, certainly... Now lay claim to two of the best celebrations of the entire season. Indubitably. <laughs> yeah, and if it, you it, had Chris Boswell, you had quite a day. Especially if you have the whole, if he hits a 50-yarder or more and you get more points. Hitting four field goals on the evening, uh, including a possible five-pointer, depending on your rules. I mean, getting uh, getting a possible, like, seven or 14 points from your kicker on Thursday night. That's pretty damn good. 14 points from your kicker, 20 from your receiver, 25-30 from your quarterback. Yeah, you really cleaned up tonight. Yeah, so and I mean, that's the, the kind of game it was. Like Tennessee had opportunities. They went out in the first half. Uh, you know, and they, they got that quick touchdown from Sharp Matthews breaking tackles, getting the 75-yarder, and the Steelers came back, and Antonio Brown got his second touchdown. Uh, you got the field goal, which I think this is where you had the Delaney Walker drop. They mm-hmm. wanted to be in the field goal. That cost you a lot right there because you could have kept it close. And then after that, that's when the fourth quarter, everything went off the rails. And Pittsburgh just absolutely put it away and continued to be stellar uh, since beating the Chiefs, honestly. 8-2 and two now. They certainly are going to be playoff bound. Just depends on if they wind up getting that buy or not. I mean, let's face it. Right now, they're competing with New England for home field. You've got some teams like Kansas City. Now the door's open for Jacksonville, who they face the winless Browns. If they can go along with history, minus the people throwing beer bottles on the field and win, then they overtake the division. They're all of a sudden claiming a three seed. So while it's close, I don't think it's terribly close. There's a gap. Gosh, wow. I'm an awful editor. <laughs> I just realized that I allowed one of our podcasters to write in his description that the Steelers play the Patriots in a next week, and they don't play the Patriots until the middle of December. 
Yeah, I believe uh, that's a week 15 game. Yes, bad fact, bad uh, editing on my part, and awful fact checking on his part. Good lord. Especially since <laughs> during the fourth quarter they put up the remaining schedule for both teams. Uh, to his, to be fair, he did uh, record this yesterday, so it's not like he got to see that. But yeah, I need to go change that when we get done with this. But <laughs> yeah, so. Either way, uh, they do have a nice schedule, talking about the Steelers. They play the Packers, Bengals, Ravens. Then they play the Patriots. They get the Texas and Browns. My God, the Steelers could not ask for a nicer schedule, honestly. Well, this is what happens when you're in a relatively comfortable division and you're the top dog. You're potentially talking another, what, five Four or five wins from that schedule. Now you're really putting yourself in position for home field. Well, the Titans could actually afford to lose this one because they play the Colts, Texans, Cardinals, 49ers, the Rams on Christmas Eve, and then they get two tough ones, Rams and Jags, at the end. But they got four games that they should win here. And then you got to see what happens with Jacksonville, obviously, if they get to keep up that that pace, uh, because right now, uh, with a win, the Jaguars would be, uh, well, even without, as, as long as they win, they will be leading the division. Uh, so Yeah, we need a win to be leading the division, because Tennessee has the early head-to-head tiebreaker. <clears throat> Yeah, and the Jags have a similar schedule as well. Uh, they get the Seahawks in the middle, but they also have the Cardinals, Colts, Texans, and 49ers. One yeah, the, more the, the, that they could lose, but the the others are very winnable games. I think it just comes down to that last game of the season when they play each other. Yeah, that, that Week 17 game is going to potentially decide the AFC South in a 3 or 4 seed. Oh, God, people here would be insane. It's it's in Nissan Stadium, though, so they just have a better shot. Yeah, I mean, it's not ever bank. You can always bet in that, so that's a solid point. Jags are 2-0 at Everbank in the last two weeks. Thanks to teal uniforms, and let's not even discuss what happened with that Chargers game. That was weird. That was weird. This continues the story with the Chargers, uh, who do get, they did get the good news of uh, Philip Rivers is clear from concussion protocol and he is going to uh, play. Uh, But honestly, there's not a whole lot more to talk about this game. The Steelers ran away within the fourth quarter. Uh, They're set up really nice to continue to keep winning and be one of the contenders in the AFC, especially the way that the AFC has been pretty bad this this season. Uh, you know, things are going to keep looking up for all these teams. Uh, yeah. Simply put, Landry Jones took the field and the Steelers still won. That's all you need to know. <laughs> that was with, with what, like two minutes, two minutes. in the fourth quarter? And, exactly. Yeah. Tomlin played it smart. <clears throat> smart man, smart man. So, all right, I think we can bring Gary back in here. 
if he's... Hey, what is going on, guys? Well, good to hear from you, sir. And let's uh, run down the rest of these games that are happening on Sunday. And then, of course, the uh, Monday night game that has a huge impact on the NFC, uh, especially the wildcard side of things. So, uh, speaking of an NFC North battle that uh, has a lot of interest for the Lions here because uh, they are playing the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. And the the way things are going uh, for the Lions, you'd think that this would be sort of in the bag. But Chicago's been weird this season. Uh, they... Sometimes uh, they'll play defense and make it hard for you, and Trubisky could complete some passes. Or you could just see a complete mauling by the Lions. What do you think is going to happen here? We did see Stafford get to a slow start uh, in the previous game against the Browns. And if, you know, the Browns were any kind of competent, Navy could have taken advantage of that. What do you think, Gary? Well, you know, I think this could be a game that they could kind of really start things a little, a little slower because of that defense you're talking about in Chicago. You know, they do have their up and downs, and I think a lot of that does revolve around their offense and, and you know, how Trubisky plays. But I really think that Matthew Stafford and company, you know, they have a little bit more healthy Golden Tate coming back, and they've got some guys that they're working in. I think that they'll be fine. I really, you know, I don't know that I really trust Chicago at all. I, I think they're, you know, like I said, solid on defense at times, but they just don't stay consistent. Whereas I really see the Lions kind of coming into this game. They may start slow, but I think they kind of build things and may not be like, you know, a 35 to seven game, but I think it could be, you know, maybe a 21, 24 points for the uh, Lions and maybe 10 at the most for Chicago or something like that. Well, Eric, we've learned one thing. If the Bears are forcing turnovers, it's not a good mm-hmm. deal. Well, also, the Lions do the same thing. If the, when they force turnovers, it helps uh, Stafford and everybody else. But Amir Abdullah, mm-hmm. secure the ball, man. Secure the ball. Yeah, sure. uh, I, I, I don't expect a lot of work from Amir Abdullah in this game, especially in the red zone. And if there was ever a time for the Bears to finally start trusting Mitchell Trubisky, it would be this week. But the thing is, what I don't you got think Slay and Glover you're having to go against. Those aren't uh, just anyone. And I, that's why I don't think they will trust Rubisky to make too many throws. And the Lions are really going to capitalize on a one-dimensional team, whether they're a defensive tour de force or not. Yeah, I think you have to go with the Lions here. It's... It's just hard to pick the Bears with any kind of certainty when you don't know what kind of offense is going to go out there. If the Lions can bottle up Jordan Howard, then that's going to make things a heck of a lot easier. And we'll see. The Bears still have the big problem of you don't have any receivers for Trubisky to throw to, and that's not changing. Yeah. Speaking of not really having receivers to throw to, well, Kenny Britt's been decent, I guess. But the Browns at home taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's not on the East Coast. 
the Jags are favored by seven and a half. I'm not. I'm surprised it's not more. As long as Blake Bortles doesn't kill the team, I think they'll. They should be winning this handily. Yeah, I mean the reason it's only seven and a half is because let's face it, they could have done better against the Chargers. L.A. that game wound up going to overtime. So I, I think Vegas is tempering their expectations. But, yeah, if they've got the full crew, especially if we can get a good running game going to keep keep the pressure off Blake Bortles, the Jaguars will be just fine. Because whoever's at quarterback for Cleveland, Calais Campbell, mayor of Saxonville, it, it, he'll get the front four pretty much in ship shape. Do you think we finally get a normal Leonard Fournette again, Gary? I mean, he got benched, then he had a didn't have such a great game last week. You have to think he gets back in rhythm here. This is a good opportunity to do that. No, you're exactly right. This is a perfect opportunity. And I think he needs to get out of his funk. I mean, this is not a great thing to be having. This is your rookie year. You're supposed to be making a statement that, you know, I, I'm a good player. I showed it earlier in the year. I made some mistakes. I think maybe last week was kind of a hangover uh, from what, you know, maybe going on personally between him and his coaches. I think this is the week he bounces back. I think he has a pretty solid game here. I think, you know, it doesn't hurt to have a defense that's going to get you the ball back plenty of time. So I think he's going to have a solid performance here, and I think Jacksonville is going to do A-OK, man. Just got to be – I don't want to hear the excuse about the weather, Leonard Fournette. This is the pros. <laughs> okay? I don't care it's going to be 39 degrees. Get your butt out there and start and run that ball. Dress uh, oh, I, I I played in New Orleans. It didn't snow there. Give me a break. Oh, come on. Uh, I should also mention it's going to be 36 with Chicago and Detroit. So that should be uh, an interesting one if that becomes a factor. Both those teams are used to the cold weather, though. Speaking of, if you want to even get lower, freezing temperatures at the frozen tundra Lambeau Field for the Packers taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Uh... You know, honestly, I think Brett Hundley might be a better quarterback than Joe Flacco has been lately. And, uh, uh, you know, they're favoring Baltimore by two. I think the Packers could certainly take this one if the defense can, you know, put up any kind of stops. I think Hundley showed some promise last week. Uh, Devontae Adams has been hot. I think that's enough for the Packers to to get the win. It's going to have to be a little bit of a committee approach with, I think Montgomery might be okay. I haven't heard much, but Randall Cobb was useful. Uh, The Aaron Jones injury hurts, but I don't know, guys. What do you think? Or do you think this might be the game where Joe Flacco turns it around? I don't think you're far off. I really don't. I think you're completely right. Huntley won games. He kind of showed it last week. And I think, you know, for the most part, he's got enough talent around him to kind of help support him through that victory. Do I think it's going to happen? I'm not really sold just yet. I mean, I sure Baltimore offensively has not been what we think that they could be or maybe even expected out of them. I'm looking more on the Baltimore defensive side and thinking to myself, 
Can they put enough pressure on Huntley to make him make mistakes? Can they kind of take control of the game? I think that that's more likely rather than Joe Flacco having an excellent day or making, you know, his first great game of the year happen. So I, I still don't know that the odds are against them. I, on from my point, I'm going to go ahead and say Baltimore. I think it's just one of those picks that you almost say, hey, can Huntley do it? I don't know. Still don't trust him. Uh, while Huntley, he's looking that he's been getting better. I don't think with this game, with these conditions, it'll be the right time to truly open up the playbook, especially with Aaron Rodgers now supposedly training, taking snaps, and kind of waiting in the wings for his time to come back this season. I also don't see Flacco having an excellent day, but I think he's going to do just enough to kind of outplay Brent Huntley and take this one. Well, I mean, if the Packers don't win some games, and this is a winnable game, Aaron Rodgers won't be coming back because there won't be an extra season for them to be coming back to. So, uh, you know, you have to have the team in position for Aaron Rodgers to really have a point to come back. And, And that's the thing is they have two divisional games to end the season. You still have the Steelers. Which, you know, that's uh, not a very good, you know, that's not a game you really want Brett Hundley playing in. But uh, you still got the Panthers as well. Those are games you could lose. You have the Ravens, Bucks, and Browns before you get to the two divisional games. You've got three games that you could win, and you need to win those. Just like you did uh, against the Bears last week. So, uh, I, I will... I will state that, that if you want Aaron Rodgers to come back and have a shot, you got to win these winnable games. And this is one of the ones that is certainly on on the calendar for that, especially with Kevin King saying he's going to play. That will help them uh, tremendously. Uh, speaking of the Bucks, they finally play that week one game that was taken away for Hurricane Irma at the Hard Rock. Uh, they don't have to worry about cold weather here because it doesn't get cold here. And... Miami's favored by a point at home. This shows how bad this team's been. This shows uh, how bad both teams have been. Well, Ryan Fitzpatrick got them to win last week. So and yeah, beating his former team, going up against Josh McCown, who almost beat his former team. Well, I mean, nothing, it's not like Jay Cutler's just been lighting it up or anything. No, 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 he hasn't. I mean. Let's see the times that he's been on national television. Goose egg craps the bed along with terrible defensive efforts. And lo and behold, you're giving up an average of over 40 points a game. This is one of those where I'm glad that this is in the red zone window because that means I don't have to pay attention to the entire three hours. Yeah. Oof, this is going to be an ugly game. This is going to be something that I think a lot of people are you know, really honestly hoping just to see highlights of. Uh, but, I mean, looking at it from my perspective, I, it's almost a coin toss. I, I could see both teams having an option uh, or an opportunity to win this game. I am just going to go ahead and say Miami because they are at home. But otherwise, I, I don't have confidence in either team. Yeah, I... 
I'm going to say Miami, too, just because I think that uh, the Dolphins' defenses have experience, you know, playing Fitzpatrick with the Jets. They kind of know his tendencies. Uh, the Buccaneers have not shown me that they can put two very good performances together. Uh, in a row, also the Buccaneers are winless away from home this season. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Dolphins. But that one-point carry for the Dolphins, I think, is about fair with the way these these two teams have played. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of surprised there's even a line whatsoever. I'll make it unanimous and go with the Dolphins. But if this winds up being one of those ties, I'm not going to complain. Oh, well, it's been a while since I've heard Eric talk about a tie game happening, but yeah, wouldn't be surprised that maybe this is one of those contenders. A game that you would think certainly would not be a contender for that because it's probably going to be a blowout. However, Ben McAdoo says that they had a hard look meeting watching the tape and being honest with each other uh, were the Giants. Well, they're winless at home this season, and they have the Chiefs coming into town. Ah, I don't know how that winds up a great recipe, but being favored by 10.5 is, uh, I think, about fair for the Chiefs. They really need to uh, get things kind of going back on to how they were blowing teams out. I think this is a good way to get that for them. I just don't know. Eli Manning has not looked good. He doesn't have a lot of guys to throw the ball to. Still no running game for them. Still the horrible offensive line. The Chiefs should eat them up. Yeah, for for this one, I don't know where the Giants can turn to for hardly anybody making a consistent play. For the Chiefs, it's Alex Smith, Kareem Hunt. Hill, Kelsey, the whole crew. I can't name anybody like that for the Giants. And this is going to be painful. And Ben McAdoo is lucky that he's the Giants coach. Otherwise, he would have been fired by now. Yeah, it's very true. And, you know, uh, the ownership of the Giants seems to be very patient. And, you know, claiming this week that they still, you know, want McAdoo around. He's their guy. And, you know, whatever meeting they had between him and the team and the coaches and all that stuff i mean that that's great sounds wonderful you know if i'm in that meeting i'm going ahead and talking about the draft um but okay that's fine do your little meeting but understand everything eric just said is very true where's the playmakers on the giants they're not there they're injured uh manning is old (laughs) not the guy that we used to know not 2007 eli um so I look at this as the Chiefs win all the way. If the Chiefs don't win this, there's something really bad going on in their land. I think that this is a great opportunity for them to come off a bye and look strong early. I feel like uh, I wish I could play that Gautier song right about now, but uh, we'd get a bunch of copyright claims. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, especially because Gautier may be hurting for money because he hasn't done anything else since. So, yeah, let's avoid that. Yeah, let's do. I uh, wish we could avoid that game or perhaps the next game. Uh, the a lot of stinkers uh, possibly happening here on uh, this this Sunday. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals going into Houston to play the Houston Texans and Tom Savage. 
the uh, Texans are favored by a point, and that's about right. Uh, so, this, yes, because this just shows you they think a little bit better of Tom Savage than they do of Blaine Gabbard. Well, you know, Blaine Gabbard was decent in the preseason, and the Texans defense is not what they were. Uh, so, you know, yeah, but that see- was. That was preseason. Sean, how many times did he did play you... in the last game? Because I remember telling you about Drew Stanton being awful. So Yes, but this is what I'm saying. Drew Stanton beat him out for the backup job. He didn't Again, beat him what's... out. That's that we, we talked about this. That was Bruce Arians just trusting him because he's been that guy. It wasn't really about Drew Stanton beating him out. It was saying, hey, I've known you for this long. I'm going to go ahead and give you the backup job because does it really matter if you're number two or number three? And when when Carson Palmer is the guy playing, and eventually he had to find out by putting Stanton on the field and understanding that, well, the guy's just not good enough. But, yeah, I mean, regardless, I think the Cardinals with their defense should be the ones that are able to uh, put it to Savage, Perhaps you get an interception or fumble return or something like that. Uh, Maybe Patrick Peterson runs one back on a punt return or something to help out. But I think Blaine Gabbert should do enough with those great receivers that you have, mind you, to be able to get past the Texans in their uh, lowly defense. Any objections? I I don't know. Object. I mean, for the Houston Texans, I think Fred Savage would be better. Um, (laughs) uh, But, you know, it is what it is. The wonder years have gone from the Texans, and we are here with a game where I don't know, per se, that the the Cardinals are great. Did the Texans have wonder years? uh, They did their first game of their existence. That was a wonder day. Uh, But anyway, sad. Sad for me and you, Sean. Uh, But uh, anyway, (laughs) uh, I, I. think you know you're right sean the cardinals here uh, i think that they you know if you're talking about bad teams or the lesser of the bad team i guess the uh, go ahead i was gonna say nine six i mean there's a lot of contenders for ties in some of these games i'm just saying let's go ahead and get this one out of the way because i don't really want to spend too much time talking about it but the Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals going into Denver and playing whoever they're going to have at quarterback this week. Andy Dalton, if your line can block Von Miller and, you know, A.J. Green and John Ross and these guys can sort of get through the corners, I think the Bengals should at least win by a touchdown here. It's I know Denver's favorite and all that, but I, I just I can't put any kind of faith in the in the Broncos right now. Yeah, I don't put any faith in the Broncos either. Uh, but I I don't even the Bengals either. Uh, I just don't trust either of them. I'll say this: I think the Broncos are due a game. I'll give it to them here. I, I I said it on another podcast. I'm saying it here. I'm going with the Bengals because, yes, their best quarterback from a football school for Denver is still terrible. 
And you've got two other guys who are from non-football schools. So that tells me everything I need to know. Northwestern points you to we're ranked, sir. But, you know. Yeah, and what if they won title? Hey, they don't have to win title-wise to mean anything. You could be a football school and just you're consistently uh, doing something. Just that's just been recent for them. So, you know, unless you want to go back to Otto Graham way back when. Exactly. That was in the 40s and 50s. I love Otto Graham to death, especially since he wore number 60 as a quarterback. But no, stat. Uh, well, I, we all lost anything you said there because you went totally silent. Uh, but yes, uh, so moving on here, let's, let's get through this as well. The Buffalo Bills going into StubHub Center and playing the Los Angeles Chargers, who I did mention, Philip Rivers' past concussion protocol. He should be okay to play. Nathan Peterman is going to be the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills here because Tyrod Taylor has been benched. And I want to direct you to the stats for the last couple of games here for the Bills, uh, defensive-wise, because, you know, apparently Tyrod Taylor also plays defense, according to uh, Sean McDermott. But I'm, I'm joking here. He obviously does not play defense, but Sean McDermott <laughs> must think that he does because the last two games, the Bills have lost. They have given up a total of 40 points per game, 406 yards per game, 246 rush yards per game. The first seven games where they were 5-2, and two, they gave up 80 rush yards. They gave up 16 points per game. Where does Tyrod Taylor play defense again? He doesn't, but I don't know. Maybe McDermott was feeling some sort of pressure. Maybe he saw a lot of other things he didn't like and had to blame somebody. But, yeah, Nathan Peterman, good luck against guys like Joey Bosa. It, 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 you won't need much of an ice bath. They did want to play Nathan Peterman at the beginning of the season. And they decided not to and started Taylor anyway. So perhaps McDermott just feels this is the time for the switch. He did look good. That was in the preseason, though. Much different deal. You've got a Chargers team that's playing at home. And that, you know, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram and that defense isn't a joke. Uh, I don't know, Gary. I mean... This could turn out just as bad. You are playing a rookie here. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting that they chose this time. I get it. Yes, Tyra Taylor has not been perfect. It's not exactly everything you dreamed it would be. But come on. This is not the best thing, if you ask me, to be throwing out a rookie and saying, oh, you're going to be the spark that lights our team if he's the downfall. That's the thing. And you can't just depend on it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. You're, 
You're exactly right. That's what blows my mind. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, it, to me, this could be the downfall. Well, that being said, though, who you got? I am going with the Chargers. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I, I, I can't go against the Chargers here. And the Bulls are making these moves to show that exactly why they haven't been to the playoffs since 99. I think it would be just karma if Peterman just has just as bad a game. Uh, they do get Charles Clay back here. Let's see how much he helps. The... If as long as Philip Rivers doesn't throw interceptions, which I'm sure he'll be due for one at least, that cost the team the game anyway. I think the Chargers can get the win. I'm gonna go with the Chargers here, and let's see what happens. Also, I should have mentioned that the Bengals or Broncos is in that 4:25 window. You better hope that you get the other game, uh, j- just like last week where. Everybody's hoping they got the Cowboys and Falcons and not the Giants and 49ers, even though Giants and 49ers wind up being an actually decent game. So You yeah. lost either way in that flex matchup, so what could you really complain about? Yeah, exactly. Let's hope that it's a much more even keel uh, for this, this week's anyway. But we got two big games in the 1 o'clock window to talk about before we get to the game in south of the border the los angeles rams are playing the minnesota vikings at u.s bank stadium a certain greg olson for the carolina panthers is going to be in the booth for this one that raised a big ire from chris spielman and the vikings who were upset that a current player is calling a game while he's sitting on the bench I think they should have known that they were not going to have Olsen go to a practice or go to a production meeting. But I think we all know that you learn just as much sitting in that booth looking at things. And let's be honest, sometimes they're watching stuff on a monitor just like we are. Mm-hmm. That you do watching the game tape that you get a couple of days later. So what's the big deal here, Chris Billman? You're taking the L on this one, sir. The Vikings are favored by two points at home. The Rams are undefeated away from home, by the way. And, yeah, this is a potential we're seeing each other in the playoffs again matchup. Uh, Two uh, division leaders uh, as well. So, I don't know. This one's tough. Uh, Case Keenum... Announced officially, Mike Zimmer has said he is not benching Case Keenum uh, as long as he keeps playing the way he has. What do you think? I mean, this is a high-powered offense against a very, very good defense and an offense that is serviceable against another very, very good defense. It's interesting. Interesting, uh, because you're right. I, I think this, this is two great defenses facing off, and so you're thinking, well, this could be a very low-scoring game. I think offensively, you, you got to give a little bit of a nod to the Rams and everything that they've done. They've really had a, a pretty solid season with Jared Goff under center, and 
you know, using, you know, the running game to really help powerhouse him through this season. You got a guy like Case Keenum where the running game is very sporadic, not really exactly, you know, on par with what you got over there in Los Angeles, but you got a, a quarterback in Case Keenum who, in my opinion, probably the best quarterback in the last 15, 20 years, right? I mean, oh I'm God. kidding. Uh, I, I, I do love Case it is justified. Hey, and it's a revenge game, right? Because the Rams were the were the team that finally decided to put him down. It is so, true. You know, yeah, hey. I, I I kid because you know I I do love Case Keenum. I've always had for a long hey, time. He, Ever going he back was to his a days in Houston. for Houston, so mm-hmm. fair enough. So, you know. uh, but anyway. In all seriousness, I, I'm, I'm really. It, this is a very difficult game to choose. I, I think both teams are very solid. I will give the nod to the Rams only because I feel like that offensively, I think they're a little bit more ahead. Erica, what do you think? The Vikings certainly proved they can put up points against the Redskins team that can put up points as well. Uh, I'm going to go with the Vikings on this one just because I think – I trust their defense a little bit more. And and I'm going for the same reason, and I don't think we're going to get the defensive struggle like this is turning out to be, despite what the Vikings and Rams have done on that side of the ball the past few weeks. I also don't think we're going to get to the shootout that everybody winds up getting when they expect a defensive struggle. I think it's going to be kind of in the middle of the road, both teams scoring in the 20s, and... Case Keenum has proved if he really wants to keep Teddy Bridgewater on the bench for the rest of the season, he's got to keep stepping up with these putting away games, winning games, fourth quarter drives, and I really think he can. He may have to again this week, and I too like Case Keenum. I think he can pull through. Yeah, you got to keep having an Alex Smith kind of year to show those naysayers, hey. You wanted to put me down for a guy that hasn't proven anything yet. I don't know why. I know that we're doing it because of the catastrophic injury and everything else, right? But we have to remember, it's not like Teddy Bridgewater was blowing people away. He was – and to be fair, that was also the season that the Vikings had lost, like, I don't know, about four different guys on on the offensive line. But Mm -hmm. he wasn't really just being great that season. Uh, it was Peterson running and and the defense keeping things together. So uh, let's definitely Keenum should be deserving the chances that he gets for the way he's played this season. And the Saints continue to be that team on the win streak. They are at home and they're going against the Washington Redskins team that can certainly they proved it last week and they proved it a lot this year. They can put up the points if need be to stay with the Saints. Uh, however, the Saints are now playing the run game and defense that the uh, Redskins had a problem stopping against the Cowboys. That makes me think that Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, who are both on pace to have over 1,400 scrimmage yards, making them the second duo ever. Uh, you know, on, you know who are the other duo? They play for the Browns. <laughs> so, in the 80s, but... Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Saints to win this one. Yeah, uh, I would love to be in that number as the Saints co-marching in. 
how can you go against a team on a seven-game winning streak right now? Yeah, I, I, win, and, win streaks are meant to be broken at some point. Yeah, well, it ain't going to be this week. Next week, different story. Yeah, I, I think you guys uh, hit a lot of the great points on this matchup. I, I got to go to New Orleans, too. Then we got to go to El Estadio Azteca. And no, I'm not talking about soccer. We're talking about football, where they sent Julian Edelman and <clears throat> and uh, Danny Andola to uh, get into wrestling matches and everything else uh, to promote this game. The Raiders come in at 4-5. and five. This could be a very interesting matchup because, you know, uh, lots of Raiders fans in Mexico along with the Cowboys. Those are like two of the big teams. Uh, that they tend to root for. You got the big, the Patriots who are hoping to keep pace with the Steelers. This could be one of those sneaky games where the Raiders could make it interesting, but I feel like the Patriots are going to keep rolling and keep things, uh, keep things kosher. I mean, I admire the Patriots' preparation, doing what the U.S. men's national team does, playing in Denver. Staying in Denver, so it's an easier adjustment for the altitude. But seriously, until they mentioned who they were, I didn't even know who those two guys were in that commercial. And in Bros in Mexico, I'm picking the Raiders just on general principle here. Just because I had to sit through a commercial for that. I feel like Edelman's face is recognizable. <clears throat> I'm in Dole is a different story, but... I, I I feel like if you watch the NFL enough, you you know what Edelman looks like. Yeah, well, I'm going to admit, I still couldn't have picked him out. I was like, hey, wait a minute. Who are those jobbers? Oh. Oh. <laughs> I like the wrestling <laughs> terms here on the football uh, show. <laughs> oh, but, well, yeah. I really think that New England is going to get over in this one. I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> Now, you know what? It's it's going to be an interesting matchup, and and Sean, you're you're probably you know not far off. This could be more like a home game for the Oakland Raiders because they do have so many fans in Mexico, and I'm sure the crowd will be hot for them. But I, I think still New England finds a way to win these type games, and I don't think Oakland's right in their groove just yet. I think that they're still you know trying to get over some things that they've had to deal with, like injuries and trying to, to get Marshawn Lynch on track and, and things like that that have kind of held them up. So i got to go with New England. Uh, I really feel like they're going to take this one. Yeah, we could certainly uh, see that happen without much trouble. So then we get to this game, which the last two seasons, they've been overtime thrillers. Uh, they've been... Games that were kept close. Uh, and it's a divisional game. So a lot of times you can throw out the records with these. But I feel with everything that the Cowboys are missing, uh, taking on the Philadelphia Eagles who are riding absolutely on a huge high at the moment, this is going to be really hard to try to swing the Cowboys' way. No Tyron Smith again. No Zeke. No Sean Lee. No Dan Bailey. That's huge parts of your offense, defense, and special teams. 
Uh, I can easily see why the Eagles are favored by almost five here. Mm. I think the Cowboys are just missing way too much. Way too much to take this one. It's... No, we saw what happened against Atlanta. Be prepared for a repeat. I will say, Gary, there's a thing to be said for back against the wall and knowing that you have... You're pretty much done for, not only in the division, but you're in trouble for the wild card if you lose this game. Do you think there's any kind of motivation here to say, we got to get this one and everybody comes out with, all right, we're just going to put it all out there and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, you know, and that is the thing, you know, a lot of times, you know, in these situations, it's the team that's doing well that should be the ones concerned only for the fact of just that, you know, it's that it's that caged animal, you know, putting them in the corner. What are they going to come out with? You know, the Cowboys kind of in a way, I mean, they've lost enough. They have nothing else to lose, but, you know, they could just lose the rest of their season here by getting themselves too far behind. I think, you know, this is going to be a really tough game. I think it's going to be a good game. I, I Maybe I'm wrong, but I kind of feel like it's a division game that will stay close. No matter what, that's the way these kind of games work out. We've seen the Cowboys and Giants have these type of games where the New York Giants were really good, and then they end up playing a three-point difference uh, in, in the end. And that's the thing, I think, here. I I think it's going to be a really close game. It would not surprise me if the Cowboys won because, you know, they could come out and just surprise the world, which has happened. Um, But, yeah, I think you guys aren't far off. Really, Dallas is not the same team without Sean Lee, and they're definitely not going to be the same team if Tyron Smith does not make this game. Well, he's already been ruled out officially, and it's difficult not only that, but we got to remember that the Eagles now have that one-two punch at running back with Jay Ajayi. And LeGarrette Blunt and Sean Lee is the master in making sure that the run, you know, they stop the run. Without him, they've proven to allow a lot of holes. And when you get that going, you're going to get Alshon Jeffrey. You're going to get Nelson Aguilar. I don't know. It, it's going to have to be the defense making defensive plays uh, for this yeah. one to remain close. And I don't know that you're going to make that many when you've also got a one of the great defenses in the NFL on the other side too, trying to get to Dak Prescott with his blind side, not being protected well. So it's as much as I want to say the Cowboys could win. And I, I mean, I will be the first one to be so happy to be wrong on this pick, but it's just hard for me not to pick the Eagles here. Mm-hmm. No, I'm right over there with you. And then you get the money night game. That's going what? Well, that makes three of us. Uh, you get the Monday night game that is huge for the NFL wild card, uh, and also for the for both Falcons and Seahawks to keep pace uh, with uh, the Panthers and Rams in their divisions. Uh, you get the Seahawks at home at CenturyLink against the Falcons, who I, I don't think with uh, Dwayne Brown protecting Russell Wilson that Adrian Claiborne's going to have a repeat performance. Uh, that doesn't mean that Vic Veasley won't have a you know something to say on the other side, but 
Russell Wilson knows how to navigate that offensive line by now. He knows to run around. Will Trufant and the rest of the guys have enough to keep Baldwin and everybody else in check? I don't know. They've been sort of navigating the whole we can't run the ball uh, much better with uh, McKinnons or Mickens. Yeah, Mickens. Uh, so if uh, I think Freeman's going to wind up being okay from the concussion protocol, and if he's not, Coleman's been good. I just don't know. I, this is where we're going to have to see, right? No Richard Sherman, Byron Maxwell coming back here to kind of help. You think this means Julio Jones has a big day and maybe the Falcons can win, or you still got some Legion of Boom going? You, you still have the semblance of the Legion of Boom, but I really think that this is going to rely on how Seattle can shift their offense to make sure Vic Beasley doesn't have a big day. It's going to be much, much heavier concentrated on circus catches out of the lot more read option. And I think that's going to keep the Falcons off balance enough, especially in the secondary to where they can't catch up. I think, yeah, Julio Jones may go off for 150 and a couple TDs, but the Seahawks wind up taking it. Yeah, you know, oh, I, it's weird, and you kind of have these gut feelings. I think Atlanta, you could say, well, man, they're coming off a great win last week. And, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, could definitely have a great day with no Richard Sherman in Seattle. But I still feel like, you know, Seattle does still have a strong defensive front. They still have some pieces in, you know, their arsenal. You know, Russell Wilson definitely is one of those guys that can pull magic out of his hat anytime this just happens. So I'm going to go Seattle. I'm going to go a slight win. It may be by a field goal, but I'm going to go Seattle here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle, too. It may be close, but I feel like they have enough to get through and keep pace with the Rams. So that's it for our NFL uh, discussion here. Let's get into it. There's not too many big games like there was uh, last week where almost everything was some huge game. Uh, this is much more ranked teams in games that they should win and some standout games in here uh, as well. Uh, Arkansas fires their athletic director. Brett Bielema knows his job's on the line. Uh, they have to win their last two to be bowl eligible for sure. At least one to be maybe bowl eligible. They're taking on Mississippi State who are ranked and almost beat Alabama last week. I expect Mississippi State to uh, whack the floor with my hogs. Yeah, it, it, instead of pig suey, it's going to be some delicious barbecue for Mississippi State tonight. So uh, get your cowbells in your earplugs, folks. I should also yeah. mention that South Florida was able to win against Tulsa, so UCF just has to hold up their end. If you got the big winner take all for the American East next week. Uh, what do you think, Gary, on the previous game? Yeah, I missed Dewey State. Yeah, that's how I'm going. Uh, 
I'm just going to go through this really fast here because this shouldn't be a problem. Uh, Alabama going to whoop Mercer in yeah. Tuscaloosa. Yeah. If, if that isn't 70 to nothing, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Miami taking on 6-4 and four Virginia, who did try to make it interesting at one point. Miami, the line is 19 and a half here. Ah, that's a little generous. That's generous. I think Miami is going to be a little bit of a hangover. They're going to win, but they better be careful. They got trap games coming up now. Yeah, this is a noon game as well. It's not prime time, so. Oy. I still Kane's say honest. be careful with that turnover chain. Mm. Yeah, Miami's winning, though. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're winning. They only need to have one more turnover, one more appearance by the chain to complete Manny Diaz's goal of 25 for the season. So I see that happening, but I don't know. They got to keep this going. They can't go back to winning ugly and close like they did the bulk of the season. UCF beating the 5-5 and Temple team. Fairly easily. The other war on yep. I-4 is going to determine the American East. That's true. I agree. I, I do I do think, be careful. Uh, we did see Temple wind up making a, becoming a nuisance and wind up being the team that people were talking about in the American last year. Uh, yeah, just be careful, UCF. Don't don't get ahead of yourself and and not make it as interesting as it should be. Uh, for I mean, either way, it's still going to be uh, the that war on on I four for the title. But I think you, everybody wants to see UCF go in undefeated and see what happens. Not UCF with one loss to a Temple team. So take that thirteen and a half and and meet it by even more UCF. Uh, TCU taking on Texas Tech. Horn Frog's going to be angry and put it to them or you think they got to be careful with Lubbock and everything else uh, Tech's going to put up a fight because we see a lot of these teams in the Big 12 put up fights against each other but I think if TCU really wants that rematch in Jerry World they're going to take this one yeah I think they're most Motivated. I think that they know that they have, you know, really kind of shot themselves in the foot and put themselves in a bad situation. So this is the one they have to win. I think they do. Yeah, TCU has to look good in these last two games uh, before they get to the championship game. And uh, this is this is one right here. You have to take this test and, and blow them out if at all possible. Memphis possible trap game here. I mean, Memphis doesn't really have to worry. Uh, they're going to be in the championship game as you know, uh, as long as they win one of the last two. But possible trap game here for SMU. SMU has been interesting this season. Oh, given what they did against Navy, I'm going to take SMU in this one. Oh, man, uh, that would definitely break the hearts of lots of those fans in Memphis. Uh, you know, the ponies are great and all, but I, I don't know. i got to stick with Memphis. 
Memphis still ain't a football school. They'll be fine. They've been much more of a football school recently than Northwestern, who's taken on Minnesota. Yeah, big time deal in Minnesota, eh? Yeah, how about them Gophers? PJ Flex, has... Flex team needs one more win to be bowl eligible, so they're playing for something. Uh, I feel like Northwestern keeps going, though. Yeah, um, me too. PJ's going to go and row the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance of an upset for Texas against West Virginia? Mm, no. <laughs> uh, I'll say yes. Uh, I'll say yes, too. West Virginia's been real suspect this year. Mm-hmm. It's not about me being a homer, because trust me, I know Texas is not good this year. But I, I could see that happening. Boy, is going to absolutely whoop the Citadel. So, sorry. No, that's okay. I was just going to say, boy, does Florida wish they still had Will Greer. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they do. Oh, yeah. Uh, Clemson's going to whoop the Citadel. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's another one of those seventy to nothing games. Yeah. Yeah, if it's not going to be very disappointed uh, at that point. Uh, Pittsburgh has uh, Miami next week. They got Virginia Tech this week. Any chance of the upset with the Virginia Tech being kind of disappointed with how they've ended up? I, 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 while I think the Hokies are in a little bit of a letdown mode, I like Josh Jackson. I think they take it. It's going to anger Pitt for Miami, but I think they're going to take this one. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech uh, as well. We saw the, the big score for Navy and SMU that you talked about. Navy goes into South Bend to take on Notre Dame. I think the midshipmen have Notre Dame at just the right time. I think this is another one of those years where Navy beats them. I have to think at home Eh. Notre Dame is going to be very, very angry. They were embarrassed last week. Well, they were embarrassed last week, but... Come on, you! It's tough to go up against Navy's option. I mean, come on now. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm taking Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm taking Notre Dame as well. Ohio State is going to whoop the pants off Illinois. I don't think we need yep. to. Oh, poor Lovey Smith. Yeah, <laughs> God. I bet he wishes he was coaching the Bears still. What about that? <laughs> Of course. Why they fired him is still a mystery. Oklahoma is going to whoop Kansas. Mm-hmm. Again, Kansas is a basketball school that yes. happens to have a football team. Enough said. Exactly. That one, I'll totally agree with you on. Kansas State, they're always sort of interesting. They gave Oklahoma a game. Oklahoma State? I think Kansas... Yeah, I think Kansas State can take them. If I'm Oklahoma State, I would be very worried. 
Uh, I'd be worried, but I'd win the game. And I think they are. Yeah, Oklahoma State's gonna win. I don't. I don't think that they're gonna let that one slide. Uh, Penn State beats Nebraska. Nebraska's been really bad this season. Nebraska's been bad ever since they came into the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan State should also beat a Maryland team that was interesting at the beginning, but they tailed off. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, South Carolina's going to beat Wofford. We have them ranked. They're not ranked yet. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think South Carolina wins knowing that they have the big game against Clemson next week. I think they Southern Fried Football. What about Florida and UAB? Ah, ooh. I may have to pick UAB on this one, to be completely honest. That's fun. Uh, uh, Yeah, I go Florida. I have to think this is one where Florida is going to win. I just, I can't, uh, I mean, UAB does, it doesn't help them in the conference, and never mind, that's not a conference game, so. Nope. Uh, They are right behind uh, UNT for the Conference USA uh, lead there, and North Texas, although they do not lose one in the conference here, they play Army who has been tearing it up? Eight and two so far this season. Yeah, you know, usually Army takes care of business against North Texas. I don't think that that changes. Go Army, eat Navy. I'm going to go. It's in Denton. I'm going to go with UNT. Get the surprise. Why not? LSU with uh, finally no Butch Jones for Tennessee. Oh. LSU's favored by 16 points, by the way. Yeah, I'm uh, taking LSU. As much as I like Brady Hoke, I got to go LSU. Thought about it, but once I heard that line, I'm like, no. <laughs> about NC State and Wake Forest? Wake Forest is favored by one and a half. It's in Winston. I picked Wake Forest. I'm going to stick with Wake Forest, especially what they did late against Syracuse. Yeah, NC State's in free fall, and it'll stay that way. Yeah, I think the same thing. I'm going to go with uh, Wake Forest, actually. Yeah, I think we're all agreeing on that one. Washington takes care of Utah. Utah's been bad since that loss to Stanford. Yeah, they've just been crap. Uh, Air Force has been bad this season, too. I think Boise State's going to keep their undefeated record in the Mountain West and win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Albertson Stadium. I did not know that they had a stadium named after Albertson's, but. Yeah, they're, they're still a big chain out in the mountains and out west. And, and yeah, down south well, as well. Uh, actually, not so much. Not down around there. us, but around Gary, they are. Well, yeah, well, to an extent, uh, they've kind of fallen away by the wayside compared 
Yeah, true. I, I, I can tell you where a lot of the stores are. <laughs> I miss Albertsons. I'm not going to lie. I don't. <laughs> I hate their price. They I don't. overpriced stuff in Texas. They overpriced though. everything. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Kroger is much better at pricing things. I don't care uh, how much Jason Wynn does. <laughs> he does do a lot of advertising. Uh, that and was it Geico that he does now? Oh, God. The one where he has the song for himself. I saw that. That's oh. great. <laughs> One more reason why I'm glad I left Geico. God, I hate that place. Geico's great for me, huh? So yeah, uh, they don't randomly pay out twelve hundred dollars in mysterious damage that you didn't cause. <laughs> oh, oh, that's <laughs> Stanford taking on Cal, Cal, who's upset Washington State this season. But I feel like they dropped off since then. Like, they had the big win against Washington State, and then they've sort of just been nothing. They do need one win to be bowl eligible, though. Yeah, well, they ain't getting it. Stanford's taking the big game. Yep. Yeah, with uh, Notre Dame coming up next, I feel like Stanford knows that they got to – they want to have any shot in the Pac-12 championship game. They got to keep winning. Uh, USC takes care of business against UCLA. It is – Robbery game. Ah, uh, I'm gonna pick UCLA in this one. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna USC. Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold against each other. Ah, uh, I think some points are gonna get put up in this one, but yeah, USC and Florida Atlantic trying to stay undefeated in the conference USA against Florida International and Boca Raton. For, for the sake of the lane train, I'm going to pick the Owls. Yeah, to keep the lane train going here. <laughs> sure, why not? Next coach of Florida. <laughs> what? Don't, don't, don't tell Harry that. Yeah. <laughs> he will be angry. But hey, what can we say? It's the truth, probably. But all right, that's the end of the college uh, pick'ems. Everything should probably stay the same, right? Because all the the big four are playing cupcakes. Oh, I forgot the, the one game that does matter. How did I forget this? Michigan and Wisconsin. Mm. It's in Madison. Wisconsin's favored by seven and a half. I will say this. Hornybrook has thrown a lot. He's, he's had games where he throws like three interceptions. Uh, I know Jonathan Taylor can cover for that some. I'm going to take Michigan. Just put out the fire already. Yeah. I, for Wisconsin, better them getting crushed now than them getting crushed in the Big Ten championship game. And that game's at noon, too, so then you're going to have a bunch of games that like no one's going to care about the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> that's because everybody's gearing up for rivalry week and Thanksgiving next week. This is how college football operates. Fair enough. That's very true. Yeah, I, I'll go Wisconsin. Why not? I think Wisconsin will do just enough. 
and get one of the you know get another big win to pad the resume and get ready for week 13 but yeah this should be should be an in, just to see if any of these games wind up close where they shouldn't be and people start uh, talking but yeah this so next week is going to be pretty fun you've got the Ole Miss Mississippi State you got USF and UCF Navy Houston you got uh, Florida and Florida State Virginia Tech Virginia Texas Tech and Texas Auburn, Alabama, of course, the big one. Georgia, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, Stanford. So, lots of uh, the the Apple Cup as well. Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah, next week is going to be the week you want to watch, certainly. Some things uh, going down. Ready, maybe perhaps another shakeup in the college football playoff. But this week, you should expect things to stay the same and and just get ready for the the week to come, really, like Eric was saying. So, all right, I think that's going to do it uh, for us this week. Uh, We will be back on Monday after the Monday Night Football game to talk about everything that happened in uh, week 11 of Mm -hmm. the NFL. And then if, if anything crazy happens in week 12 of college, we'll talk about it there as well. But, uh, all right, you can, of course, if you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button. That gets you everything that we do here for uh, Football to the Max. And if you subscribe to the WTO Network, you get all the podcasts that we do. Uh, Gary and I, of course, are doing Wrestling the Max uh, Part 2 with huge weekend for wrestling with the NXT TakeOver War Games and Survivor Series happening in Houston uh, one of our, our co-host Paul is going to be there, so that's going to be fun to get to hear from him at some point on how that went. And then you've got the kickoff that already did a show this week with Eric, and I chime in here and there. You've got the uh, point of viewer that Eric already talked about that is going to be big that you need to listen to. You've got yes, the catch-up megatacular, a month's mega. worth of material. Mega, mega tackler. You need to uh, listen to that for sure. Uh, there will be a video game to the max on Saturday night, which has been our normal spot. And, yeah, everything else that we do. So A lot of podcasts got posted today, so you want to make sure you uh, check those out. And, yeah, we'll, we'll be uh, back on Monday. Until then, everybody, see you later. Peace. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.